I want to encourage you that if you have not been able to become a part of our school of ministry here, uh, it is so powerful, so amazing. It's just changing so many lives. Uh, our school of ministry is connected with Bethel, and it's connected with their school of ministry and uh, what we do on every Tuesday night. And so I know we're at a place now you would, you would have to probably wait until next year to enter in. But I want to, to ask you to think about that and pray about that. It really is exciting when you see God begin to connect people with their dreams. God connects people with their destiny and launches them out. And that's so much of a, the dream of this house, the dream of this place, to see people become connected with the purposes of God and to be involved in their generation and making a difference for the Lord. You know, and it's, you know, Jesus said in uh, Matthew, either chapter 5 or chapter 6, he said that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. Now, now, now we knew that Jesus, he was the light of the world, but yet he says, listen, you, there's something, when you connect yourself with me, Something powerful happens in your life, and you become the light. You become the salt upon in this earth, and God desires to use you in that place. So I want to encourage you this morning as I look out here, and so good to see uh, so many people and people that uh, was a part of our church at one time, Brian and different ones, and was part of our church at one time, and uh, see them back here. Uh, it's great to see you. And so um, I just want to say this. I just want to say this as I begin a very short message here this morning. Um, that's okay. That's okay. Uh, I want to tell you how powerful you are. I, I don't know who wrote this last song that we sung this morning, but wow, so powerful. And if you just need to allow to marinate in the words of that song that we sang this morning. And it's so amazing, so powerful. And I just want to let you know how amazing you are this morning. You know, we're in a world that sometimes that, that they don't speak that into your life. How powerful you are, how amazing you are, the future that you have, that... Uh, what God wants to do in your life, that you're going to have a, an amazing legacy to leave behind. You don't hear that a lot. And so in the house of the Lord, you need to hear it. You need to know that when Jesus said that all things are possible with me, he's saying, listen, all things are possible with you also because I'm in you and I live through you and I'm able to do amazing things. Really are. I um, in preparing this week, it's so funny. Uh, I've so enjoyed uh, the messages recently from Pastor Rifle, Pastor Manuel, up in the crow's nest this morning, running our media. Thank you, Manuel. God bless you, buddy. Um, others that have shared, I know Pastor Bill Bennett was with us recently, and, and uh, just powerful messages. And uh, so I had been preparing knowing that I was going to be sharing this morning. And uh, and what I was going to be sharing on, I kept going to those notes, and just seemed like seemed like as I would read over the notes, just no life, it's just no life in it, you know. Uh, 
it you know for us that we as we get up here and share we put a lot of time hopefully into our preparation and trying to hear from the Lord and you know I, I was thinking Lord I and, and over my years I have shared probably well over a thousand messages sermons teachings in all sorts of different places and uh, but nothing just you know, I was, uh, I, I kept going back to this message, and I said, well, I can preach this. It's a good word. It follows up with what Ma- Manuel's been preaching. And God said, no, no. And so Thursday morning, I mean, I, this has been going on for two weeks, just just battling with this and saying, okay, God, what do you want me to share? What do you want me to share? Just nothing. You ever, you ever been places like that, times like that? You're so wanting to hear the voice of the Lord, but seemingly there's just dead silence on the other end of the phone. There's been dead silence, it seems like. And so Thursday morning, I don't know what it is, but the most anointed place in my house is the bathroom. I don't know why. I don't know. I hear God more brushing my teeth, shaving, taking a bath, shower, whatever. I hear God more in that place than any other place. So I'm, I'm once again I'm saying, Lord, Sunday's coming quick. <laughs> it's coming quick, God. I said, What do you want me to share? And I'm just questioning, questioning. And God responds with a question to me. Many times as we seek the Lord, we find in seeking an answer, God poses a question. How many of you have, have had those experiences? It's like, God, did you not hear me? You know, uh, but God comes back with a question. And the question is to drive us to the answer, is to, for us to, to press even in even more to the answer. And so, and this was the question that God brought to my spirit. I'm saying, God, I got to have a sermon Got to have a sermon, God. Got to have a teaching here. Come on. Come on, God. Come on, Holy Spirit. And here comes the question from the Lord. He said, who will be my next sermon? I'm like, what? Am I supposed to preach that, God? I don't know what that means. And And as I began to sink, you know, when God deposits a word, it's so amazing because it begins to just sink deep deep within our soul, within our spirit. And the Lord said, who will be my next sermon? Who will be my next sermon? Maybe you came here today expecting, well, I wonder what's going to be shared today. I wonder what the sermon's going to be today. You know, wonder what, wonder what's going to come forth today. I know that in the harvest happenings, <laughs> the K put down, come here the burning things in Pastor Doug's heart, something like that. Uh, and that was, that was before the question came to me from God. I'm going, there ain't no burning thing in me. <laughs> but when God spoke that, man, it just it resonated on the inside of me so powerfully. As soon as he said that, who will be my next sermon, he brought this verse to my mind, and it's in the book of John, John chapter 1. And it's a very familiar verse that we all have heard and 
bread and probably been preached upon. And in verse 14, it says this, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as of, of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. We know it's speaking of Jesus. Now, the question is, is that, so did the Word really become the Word when He came here? No, Jesus has always been the Word, hasn't He? Everything that God has ever said, everything that God has ever expressed, everything that God has ever created is found in Christ. He is the Word. He is the Word. But it says that as when in his time here, his journey, his mission here, he said that Word became flesh. And only just become flesh, and it's important to see this, and dwelt among us. Jesus manifested who he ever was and who he will ever be before us, among us. What he was in heaven, he was here upon the earth, and he expressed that. He allowed who he was to become manifest, to become real, become actualized. And I believe that as Jesus walked, we need to walk also. We need to walk in the same manner, in the same way. There's something about in our society that we hold up knowledge very high. There's a pursuit to learn more, to know more. And it's, we don't be careful. And there's nothing wrong with knowing things, right? But God is not about us just knowing things. But God is all about you and I becoming, not just knowing, but being. And if we miss that, it doesn't matter how many sermons you ever hear. It doesn't matter how many sermons I ever preach. If we miss the thing of being, we have missed the very thing that Jesus did. He became. He became the reality of the Word, it says, among us, among us. It's amazing. In Matthew chapter 5 through chapter 7, Jesus found a place up on a, a high area called Mountain, and he gave what is documented in the Word of God, the longest sermon that Jesus ever taught. Now, we don't know if it really was the longest, so it's just, just the one that we know that it was recorded. We all know it by the Sermon on the Mount. And if you read through chapter 5, 6, and 7, it encompasses so much of what Jesus said. And it, they, when they get to the conclusion of that passage, let me turn to it in Matthew chapter 7 here. At the end of Matthew chapter 7, and it, in, verse, in verse 28, and it, it says this, And so it was when Jesus had ended these sayings or had ended his sermon or had ended his teaching that the people were astonished at his teaching. For he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes. That is so powerful right there. Jesus just went through a very lengthy sermon 
and sharing, but it was unlike anything they have ever heard before. That's the wonderful thing about Jesus. He was unlike anybody that ever lived before. Your encounter with Jesus, I would probably say, was unlike anything of anyone else you have ever encountered in life. That when you encountered him, you encountered life. You encountered reality. You encountered a love that you never knew existed. You encountered a forgiveness you never knew could be that thorough. You encountered healing that you never knew you could ever possess or have. But we, when we encountered Jesus, it was real. And there was something about what Jesus said. It wasn't just, hey, I've got something else to load on you, to give to you, something else that you might need to know. But it was beyond that. Because they said they were astonished. There was a couple of places in the Word of God when the, the people would say, we have never heard anything like this before. They were astonished. They were amazed because of what he said. And I think it what it was, guys, I think it was just not his words. And he came forth with a great sermon. But I think there was something embodied within him that he just didn't want to know he wanted to become. And it talked about an authority that they, they witnessed and they they. they they, they knew that was upon Jesus. And I uh, question, what, 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 what was that authority for? What was that authority for? And I believe that authority for was to, to live this out. They saw something in the way the man was, the way he reacted, the way he talked with people, the way he interacted with people. And they sensed that there was an authority in his word that his word would be accomplished. If you read, go on and you read chapters 8, 9, going into 10, it is filled with the Word becoming flesh. It is filled with miracle after miracle after amazing things that God, that Jesus began to do. I, th I really feel like that's, that's so very powerful when we look at that. I want to... I, I want to pose this question to you. Will you be the next sermon? Will you be the next sermon? Most of what we need this morning is not just another sermon, although those are great things. But what we need is that what we have all heard, what Manuel preached last week, what Rifle preached the week before, what Manny preached the week before that, and then Pastor Bill Bennett before that. Do you even remember it? But the bigger, biggest question is, how has it transformed your life, and are you becoming the sermon? There are people, we don't know, there are people that are desperate <clears throat> to witness the reality of God's kingdom, the reality of who he is, desperate. 
They're at the end of their rope. They're without hope. They wonder. There are people wondering, is, is that, can I get through another week? Maybe some of us in here <laughs> are wondering, can I get through another week? They are desperate for you to be their sermon. Desperate. Your sermon may just be simply be, you know, I really care for you. You are on my heart all the time. I really do care for you. You know how badly people need to hear that? How desperate people are to know that they are valuable to someone, to somebody, how important that is. Maybe it's just an encouraging word to be able to say, listen, I know you've been, you've been really hitting up against some struggles, but they're just momentary. You're going to make it through, and I'm going to be with you. Can you be a sermon to that person? Can you be the word becoming flesh to that person? Now, I don't know who that person is. You probably don't even know who that person is either. But you will because God will allow you to encounter them today, tomorrow, this week. We encounter people every day. And we see things with our eyes, but because we're not being, we don't really recognize what's going on in a person's life. You are filled with the, with the Godhead. You are filled with the God himself. You are filled with the Holy Spirit, guys. There's nothing impossible for you. Can we just think on that for a second? I mean, there's nothing impossible for me. Nothing, 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 my friends. Nothing is impossible. Nothing at all. The book of 2 Corinthians, I love this little passage. It's a very simple little passage. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 14 and 15. And I believe Paul, as he wrote this, I think he's, because really of some of the things he writes just right after that, that he's encouraging the Corinthians, and I believe in the same way of now it's time for you to become. 14 of chapter 2, he said, Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. We could just finish there, and we can just have a glory party right there, okay? Now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. For we are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. As we, as we open ourselves up to learn from God, to know things, it is all to transform us into being. Everything is about transforming us into being. Everything. It's not just, well, I got another sermon under my belt. I got another teaching under my belt. Boy, I sure do feel better. I think I know a little bit more than what I did know. And that's, that's wonderful. That's good. But if it never transforms you on the inside, 
to become what God wants you to be. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm so thrilled for Joy. I mean, she's stepping in into a season of becoming. And it's so thrilling. So thrilling. Honey, you're going to be a sermon to so many people out there. Sweetheart, you're going to, you're just going to, you're going to wreck it up there in Redding, California, okay? It's going to be amazing. Going to be amazing. But I love it. It says here that the fragrance, this fragrance that God says that we have because it's Him, He says He dis diffuses his fragrance of his knowledge in every place. And that word diffuses means to manifest his presence, to manifest who he is. And it's just simply as we, day in and day out, we become the sermon. We become the sermon. Now, guys, it's going to, I love what Manny was preaching on the other week of how big is your faith. And he was preaching all that. I, I urge you to go back and listen to it again. So amazing, so powerful. But it's going to take, it's going to take trust. It's going to take belief, faith that God is able to do all things, that God is, nothing is difficult for God to do. I wrote this down. It says this, and I don't know who ever said it. I'm not sure. It says, faith does the impossible because it brings God to undertake all things for us, and nothing is impossible with God. Faith does the impossible because it brings God to undertake for us, and nothing is impossible with God. I just have a question for you today. That's it. That's all I have. I'm not sure that's something emerging out of something or what, but but I love the who will be in the next sermon, who will be in the next sermon. It's going to take faith to do that. I've shared this before, but it's it's so it's so so powerful. I, I want to I want I want you to be able to take this home with you today. How do I get from a place of hearing a sermon to a place of being a sermon? Okay. And it's going to take faith. <laughs> it's your faith that transforms you. It's your faith that transforms situations. It's your faith that does everything. And there's four important principles about faith, just very quickly. Principle number one, there's a willingness to be led to be the next sermon. There's a willingness on, in your heart your part, to be led. Listen, God cannot take you anywhere that you don't want to go. I, have, I don't know if you have realized that yet or not. I discovered that. If you don't want to go, God said, that's fine. You know, you're, you're going to miss out because I've got, I got amazing things for you. But it's only when we're willing, we, we, there's a willingness within us and our faith to be led out to a place that we've never been before. Number two is your faith was meant to be lived outside of the ordinary. Your faith that God has given you, he says he's given you a measure of faith. Your faith was meant to be lived outside of the ordinary. I love this. I don't know if I came up with this. This is so long ago I don't remember. 
but uh, it's one of the early early sermons in the thousands, maybe, I don't know. It says, faith only sees in a realm where dreams live. I may have written that, I don't know. <laughs> Let's just say I wrote that, okay? <laughs> I don't know. Faith only sees in a realm where dreams live. You've got a dream. You've got a dream that I'm going to be the next sermon. I'm going to be that next word in season, that word that's going to heal, that word that's going to bring life, that word that's going to bring love and encouragement and peace and, and, and reconciliation and, and whatever is needed. I'm going to live that out. I'm going to live that out. My life is not going to be about just coming to church every Sunday to hear another sermon. If that's the full measure of our life, we are to be much pitied. Much. Because that's never was the intention of God. Jesus knew everything. Everything. He could have been the answer man for everything. But he lived it out. He lived it out among us. Faith only sees in a realm where dreams live. Your faith was meant to be lived outside of the ordinary. Faith can only move forward where there's obedience. Faith can only move forward. Faith can only claim new land. Faith can only claim your promised land where there's obedience. Once again, uh, faith requires us to move in a realm that usually is totally uncomfortable for us. Usually. All right? But it will take obedience because you're going on an unction of the Holy Spirit. You're going on a word from the Lord. You're going on because you know it's the right thing to do. And it takes obedience to see your faith bring forth amazing things. Now, I know that A.W. Tozer wrote this. He said... <laughs> Amazing guy. A.W. Tozer wrote, Obedience is the soil that the seed of faith will grow in, nothing else. Obedience is the seed. No, obedience is the soil. I just about messed A.W. Tozer up, didn't I? <laughs> obedience is the soil that the seed of faith will grow in. Obedience. When I see people who are willing, God, what do you, I'll do in I'll do whatever, God. And they're quick to obey. I see great faith, always. And I see God move mountains in their life, always. I see God use them in powerful ways, always, because of obedience. Last thing, and I, it's one that's so very important, guys. Remember the true essence of faith. If you ever want to know what the true essence of faith is, I'm getting ready to tell you, Okay? So I hope you're writing this down, clicking it on your, in your, on your uh, iPhones. The true essence of faith is this. Your faith rests in God. Your faith rests in the person of God. It rests upon his character. It rests upon his power and his ability 
to do. His ability to do. That's where your faith rests. That's find what He can do. His ability. Not what I can try to come up with or the, all the plans that I may have. And Listen, I know we all have plan A, plan B, plan C, plan D. If one doesn't work, we move on to the next one, whatever it takes. But true faith rests in the essence of God's ability to do. Amen? Matthew chapter 9, as Jesus, we know that in chapter 8, chapter 7, he concluded the Sermon on the Mount, and he met two blind men, and they're imploring him, begging him, saying, please heal us, heal us, heal us, heal us. And it says that apparently Jesus walked a while. Jesus walked for a little while. And it, it says here that when he entered into the house, and we don't know what house it was. We don't know where, it was, where Jesus was staying or where the blind men were staying, whatever. But it says when he entered into the house in Matthew chapter 9, verse 28 through 30, the blind man came to him again, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? And they said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, be it done to you. And their eyes were opened. We think so little of ourselves so many times that when we consider that I could be the greatest sermon ever preached to another person, we quickly disqualify ourselves many times, don't we? Instead of believing no, you know, the person that lives within me is Christ. I am one with him. I'm united with him. And it's his ability to do through me that does amazing things. I have no doubt because I believe that God wouldn't be ask, having me ask this question this morning if he was getting ready to do this in your life. And I want to encourage you today to leave this place this morning as we get ready to receive communion with this question in your mind. God, am, I'm, am I willing to believe you willing that you're able to allow me to be the next sermon in someone else's life. Someone else's life. If I can go ahead and we get a communion table over here, guys, and we're going to finish out this morning. This